Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, raw, explicit conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and connection. You can find all of the resources we have been generating for you since 2006 at our forever home, pleasuremechanics.com. If you are new to the show, go to pleasuremechanics.com free and get started with our free online course. And if you've been with us for a while and want to go a little deeper, go to pleasuremechanics.com love. And love is what we are bringing into today's episode. We rounded out our Pride Month series last week. And just as we were publishing an episode that was kind of a call for us all to step into more active erotic citizenship and finding connection through pride and having erotic integrity with one another, right? And I said at the end of that episode, you know, and we need to keep our eyes on local and national policies. And sure enough, within days, Roe versus Wade was overturned in the United States Supreme Court. And whatever plans we had for today's episode went out the door. Because this is one of those cultural moments that has such deep impact in the cultural air that we all breathe together and has a lasting impact on sex culture that we all share, that we're all a part of. And at the immediate visceral level for so many of us just has absolute uh, huge emotional impact as the laws of our land are changed before our eyes and our rights are changed, our reproductive rights, um, our sense of uh, ownership over our own bodies. And as we're going to unpack in this episode, um, pregnancy and all of the different experiences, stories, and outcomes around pregnancy for all of us is one of the most emotionally laden, charged in all directions, right? And the full spectrum of human emotions is contained within this topic. And pregnancy, comma, wanted and unwanted, planned or unplanned, viable or inviable, resulting in a live birth or not resulting in a live birth um, with a child we keep or don't keep, right? Like all of those different axes of possibility around this question of does the sex lead to a pregnancy and what then happens with that pregnancy? It is so complex. And along all of those axes, there is the human experience, like full spectrum from the most devastating grief to the most euphoric relief and joy and bliss, right? That whole range of emotions, that whole spectrum of experiences is shared amongst us. No matter who you are, what kind of sex you have, your orientation, um, your relationship status, you as a human being have a thread of this tapestry of the question of pregnancy. And the fact that it sometimes results from two humans having sex. And we have not dealt with this topic so much on this podcast. And I just want to say this up front. 
because within our brand pleasure mechanics, we already address so much. As you know, on this podcast, we're 430 some episodes deep and we've barely repeated a topic, right? And we have so much more to explore together. And so within that, that framework of talking about pleasure and joy and connection and erotic touch and the how to of pleasure, we've also had to say that sexual health and the prevention of infections and the question of pregnancy and reproductive health are kind of outside our lane. And we have so many friends and peers and comrades in those fields. And we try to integrate them into the conversation as much as possible. And within that, we have not talked about pregnancy enough and its impact on all of our erotic lives. And we can shift that going forward. We have just felt like so many people are doing it so beautifully that we'll stay in our lane and focus on pleasure and sex culture and that that is a big enough topic. But I think going forward, we will begin to include some of these subjects a little bit more. Well, now here we are more than ever, like the question of access to not only healthcare and birth control options and then reproductive choice and options around a pregnancy itself. And we want to unpack some of this because it's so not simple, right? Mm -hmm. But then the education to even inform us of what our bodies do, what they're capable of, what kinds of sex acts when might result in a pregnancy, right? Like we know so many people, family included, who got pregnant before they even knew how it happened. Mm -hmm. Because in the United States, we don't have comprehensive sex education, And so you can get pregnant without even knowing how you got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, okay, so let's dive into this. And as I said in the introduction, we just want to frame this conversation around complex compassion because you and everyone you know, and thus everyone you're talking to about Roe v. Wade, abortion, you know, these like false binaries of pro-life, pro-choice, this whole conversation, we are having it with other human beings deeply, emotionally, and, you know, forever impacted by their own narratives and stories and connections to these issues. Meaning we all have some connection to the question of pregnancy, planned pregnancy or unplanned pregnancy, wanted pregnancy or unwanted pregnancy pregnancy you know that was your life goal and was never attained pregnancy that was attained and then not viable and more and more you're going to be hearing about ectopic pregnancies when a pregnancy implants outside of the uterus itself in an unviable location or in a dangerous location which then can be life-threatening to the body that is carrying that pregnancy We can talk about pregnancies that are so very wanted and people, couples have invested their entire life savings in that pregnancy and then it becomes unviable very late in term, right? And we're just going to name so many situations as we unpack this issue, as I just have, and you're already probably feeling a charge in your body because this is so emotionally potent for all of us. And then we start legislating it at a national level and with one decision, you know, after 50 years, rights were revoked that changed the fabric of our sex culture itself. Mm -hmm. Just like the introduction of safe, legal birth control changed sex culture forever. 
this changes it again, and especially for people in states where they no longer have safe legal access to medical uh, medical care over pregnancy, which is such a high impact thing on the body carrying that pregnancy. And we really want to say everyone, it's not just the bodies carrying these pregnancies that are impacted, because if your participation in a sex act again, wanted or unwanted, you know, consenting or coerced, if your participation in a sex act results in a pregnancy, you are then legally responsible for that pregnancy for at least 18 years, financially responsible, right? And we know people who have become parents after a one night stand, where they never consented to becoming a parent, to them being responsible for this child, and it changed the fabric of their life forever. Hmm. And not always in unwanted ways, right? (laughs) Like in some like miraculous ways. And so this is the complexity where we have to hold this conversation, like us with you, dear listeners, all around the world, right? And some of us live in countries where you still have access to far more sex education, Uh, reproductive health, birth control, ongoing medical care, uh, affordable medical care. And that's the other piece of this here in the United States, a pregnancy is very expensive and raising a child is very expensive. We have hardly any maternal leave. So the cost of a pregnancy wanted or unwanted has never been higher. And parents have never been less resourced by our country. And now those pregnancies are even less under our consent and agency. This is a crisis for all of us. And that's why we also want to introduce here just the stress, the cultural stress of this conversation. For many people, I've already gotten emails like, well, there goes my sex life again. This sense that because of cultural stress and this massive um, stressor on our sexual culture of like rights being taken away and the medical and financial stakes of sex getting so much higher for so many people. Um, It's going to become it already has become a massive inhibitor to arousal to the ability to give what we know in this podcast, we say like, give yourself over to sex, relax into arousal, find safety so you can find the thrill of amazing sex. We try to paint the roads towards these erotic possibilities. But how does that even, you know, matter if we're in a culture where that sex act might result in an unwanted pregnancy that then medically endangers us and that we might not be able to afford a child even if that child was wanted? Right? These questions of wanted pregnancy versus unwanted, they're not simple. Some people more than anything want a child and cannot afford to have one. Some people want a child and medically have not been able to even after investing their entire life savings. Some people never wanted a child and find themselves knocked up after a one night stand or an assault. And these are the lives that we are interacting with when we have these conversations at any level. So can we do it with some tenderness and some empathy and some compassion and that complexity of like, I can't assume what your truth is or what is right for you, but I'm willing to sit and have a conversation 
And then how do we build a culture where we are all safe in the complexity of these very nuanced human lives that have the ability to like make another life inside one of our bodies that then is responsible. You know, we are responsible to for 18 years, like parent, we are parents and parenting is a huge task, especially in a culture that does not resource parents. It's a life changing thing to have a pregnancy and Ooh, honey. Okay, Fine. let's all take a breath. Yes, let's please. take a breath, okay? This is complicated. This is nuanced. And every single person has a whole story. And you mm. never know someone's story. You cannot make assumptions about what somebody's experience with pregnancy or unwanted pregnancy is. And so let us walk in the world with some more compassion and kindness and care and awareness that we don't know people's stories. But this subject is so emotional and so charged, and there isn't a cultural space to really talk about it, to make space for people to share their grief or their feelings about what they have been through, what they hope to go through, what their fears are. And we need to provide that for each other. We need to step into this space where we are holding space for each other to hear people's stories because there isn't cultural support for that. The name for this is disenfranchised grief. And we did a whole episode on erotic grief that I think is worth listening to at this time. So mm. let us honor our own stories and know that we might need to ask for support and a listening ear to share what we are feeling. And we might be able to offer that to somebody else in our community. Mm. And in that, we can learn more about how this law impacts and influences the people we care deeply about. So through sharing our own stories, we can start to create some space for our own healing and have other people that care about us begin to see what they care about and why this is important to them. Mm -hmm. this, this might like influence the like the episode. action that they want to take in life. Right. We talked about this in the coming out episode, right? Like how much gay rights was moved forward by the call to people to come yeah. out to those yeah. who loved them, those who worked with them, those who benefited from our work. Right. Um, and there's been a movement on social media to kind of come out about your abortions, your pregnancies, um, just like the Me Too movement called people to yeah. come out about their experiences of abuse. And that has continued to shape our sexual culture. How we talk about these things matters mm -hmm. and getting away from these abstract and false binaries that pit us against one another and put these red blue maps in front of us. No, that's not how our lives work. We are all so deeply impacted by this in complex and nuanced ways that we can only believe by hearing one another's stories. Mm -hmm. I'm on this chain of, you know, four college friends and so we have so much more alike than we have different. We're all now parents, but our stories with pregnancy, unwanted and wanted, pregnancy, viable and unviable, pregnancy that got terminated or terminated itself in a miscarriage, pregnancy that resulted in a child or not, right? Like the nuance of those stories and the depth of those stories just between the four of us is wild. 
It's vast. And you could never assume, like, you see the happy family pictures of one of us with their multiple children, and we don't assume what that story holds behind it, right? Just like people can't assume what our queer lives with our child holds. And so when we talk about abortion, it's not just women. It's not just heterosexual people, right? And so you could be talking to a man who has had a previous pregnancy with a wanted termination or not, right? Like the branches of our stories are as complex as like brambles. I want to it's say, like you right? can't like, even imagine how complex it is right. sometimes. So the key here is just not to make any assumptions with who you are talking to and to walk into these conversations with tenderness and awareness, but to be a space where we are open to talking about this. Like we also don't want to avoid these conversations right. because they're really present and top of mind for a lot of people right now. So after the break, we're going to talk about how we can approach this conversation differently and how we not only survive the coming time and what impact this might have on your sex life, like tonight, right now, in the immediate future. And then how do we imagine building like from here, not in Shangri-La land, but from here, uh, imagined future, imagined possibilities of a culture that would care for this issue a little bit more tenderly. Um, not hard to start that conversation. So we're going to take a quick break before we continue this conversation to thank our sponsors for this episode. At dipsystories.com, you will find a treasure trove of audio erotica to meet you wherever you're at. If you're stressed out and need to sink away into a relaxing soundscape to fall asleep, Dipsy Stories offers you erotic, calming, sensuous immersions to help lull you into deep sleep. Or to deal with stress, you might want some thrill and excitement, in which case you can tune into first-person narratives that come at your ears like a hungry lover. You will find all of that and so much more. There is really a story to meet any erotic desire and mood. And you'll find it all at dipsystories.com slash pleasure. Dipsy Stories is offering listeners of this podcast an extended 30-day free trial for you to dip into this well of erotic inspiration and see how good it is for you. Go to dipsystories.com slash pleasure for an extended 30-day free trial. And you'll also find a link in the show notes and at pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox. We'd also like to thank our brand new sponsor, lovehoney.com. Love Honey is the world's biggest online sex toy store. Some of our all-time favorite toys come from the good folks at Love Honey, so we are thrilled to partner with them to bring you a generous discount on these incredible toys. We love their air suction toys so much, we ask them to send us something special from WeVibe, their brand of high-quality vibrators. You may have heard of rabbit-style vibrators that can stimulate multiple erogenous zones at once. But the folks at WeVibe have taken the rabbit style vibrator to the next level 
With the WeVibe Nova 2, you can bend the toy into shape that fits your body precisely. And then the innovative design allows it to stay in contact for nonstop pleasure, no matter how much you like to move around during play. The beautiful shape flexes with your movements, stays in place and offers a wide range of vibration patterns with its dual motors. You can control the internal motor separately from the external stimulator and the possibilities for play are endless. Go to lovehoney.com and use the code pleasuremechanics20, that's pleasuremechanics20, for 20% off these beautiful toys, these high quality toys that will last you years, just like the Love Honey toys by our bedside. That's lovehoney.com. Use the code pleasuremechanics20 or use the link in the show notes or at pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox. So I don't know where you were the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned, but for me, it's one of those days I'll never forget, one of those days of monumental news at a national level that impacted just everyone I know all at once in all different ways. Just like when gay marriage was legalized, Um, Just like other moments in our lifetime where they're kind of indelible moments of shared history. And the fact that they're so shared points to the fact that this issue, more than perhaps any other, like impacts so many of us at such a deep visceral level and is clouded and absconded by the history, the intergenerational history of shameful privacy and silencing of this topic, right? The history of girls being sent away or being disowned, disappearing um, from families because of a pregnancy outside of the like moral code of that girl's family, right? Um, Histories of abuse and trauma causing pregnancies, histories of people wanting babies more than anything and not having them right. These are intergenerational stories that we all carry some piece of, right? Whoever you're the child of certainly has a story about this. Your brothers and sisters have stories about this. Your friends have stories about this. And so as my phone lit up and I kind of knew who in my network was going to be most impacted by this. And so I tenderly picked up the phone and reached out to those folks And I didn't have to say much to some of my friends, you know, friends I went to clinics with, friends who I have watched struggle with pregnancies, loss of pregnancies, um, friends who have watched me and my struggles and my grief around pregnancy. Right. And so even within this room, right, like within the pleasure mechanics, we have two different stories here of our bodies and our ability to carry children, right? And like Charlotte holds me in my grief as we share the experience of being parents to the same beautiful child. That's how complex these stories are. And so as we now live in a post Roe v. Wade culture, where not all of us have the same rights and access, which has always been true, right? Like, 
And that's the other part of this conversation, how much these rights and access to education and healthcare are along lines of privilege and historical oppression. Like the people most affected by this are already under duress and under-resourced in our country. And this is going to cause a crisis and a loss of life for so many people and people we love, people you love. And so that's the conversation we want to try to resource you all for, to try to be there in the conversation with you. And how do we tenderly approach this and start talking about the topics of sex education for all ages, right? Developmental sex education. So as we grow into our bodies, we can take accountability for them. Um, conversations about trauma and rape culture so that less pregnancies happen under traumatic circumstances, conversations about wanted sex and birth control and how to have as much amazing sex you want while minimizing the risk for pregnancies you don't want, how to support one another in achieving pregnancy when that is the goal, and start thinking about that more collectively, right? So we have shared stakes in the children being born into our communities, right? Like how do we start thinking about pregnancy not as an independent achievement, but as a community goal that we like come together to resource one another and, you know, bring a child into a whole circle of adults ready to take accountability and responsibility for that child. That is such a beautiful vision and we are so far away from that. And I love that you're like painting what, what could be possible, like collectively as community, we could try and create a future vision of this kind of world. And so please bring us into the here and now, Shar, because I think what I'm responding to is a lot of people are feeling a lot of despair. And when the like kind of laws of the land feel so big, it's like, what can little old me do? in response to this. And I wanted to ask you when you reached out to your friends, what did you say? Because I think a lot of people are wanting to, like they know it's important to connect with people. They know that this is going on for people, but I think sometimes don't have the words. What does that look like to actually reach out to people and say, I'm thinking of you. This is a really hard time in our country's history. I mean, this is where it's so really, no, you know, it's so relational because right. with some of my friends, it was just like, you know, F this uh-huh. or like, like, this sucks. Where's the escape pod? Some friends, it's like, are you okay? I know you're not okay. Uh-huh. You know, how are you taking care of yourself today, babe? Uh-huh. Um, I know you were on the edge. Did this send you into the deep end? Right. Um, acknowledging people's crisis is someone with the kids. So you can freak out today is a mm. sentence I wrote. Um, because, you know, this this subject for all of us, like when it is triggered, right? And we do have an episode about triggers that will also be in the show notes. Um, and as always, folks, like every episode of this podcast is one thread in a conversation and to notice how the conversation around pregnancy and its complexity pulls at these threads of shame and trauma and, uh, you know, right. Parenting, and- sex after parenting, right? Like after you have a baby, like your sex life is forever changed. Um, yeah. So lots of links in the show notes so you can continue the conversation, but how to have this conversation in person. I think I want to go to the values, right. And how media and the national politics 
have kind of hijacked our collective values and you know they're they pit us against one another they create false binaries and a lot of us within that chaos just feel like what like how do i even respond to this chaos uh-huh. and there's a despondency and a despair that can set in so what is the remedy for that agency what is the remedy for that it's like deeply feeling all of that feeling the anger feeling the rage feeling the despair right like whatever you're feeling right now is valid we're going to feel it all and then try to animate and move as much of that into action as possible through acts of agency, small and large. Personal right? and collective. Exactly. Right. And like deeply intimate and like big political statements that only can happen together. And through the intimate, the personal, the relational that can happen on your day to day life we gain momentum for the large scale changes that have to happen and even to have the imagination of what we might be living into. You know, so many of my friends who are parents to young children look at our children and we're like, what world or not are they? And our kids are aware of it. You know, our daughter looks at us all the time with these deeply concerned eyes and like she is already looking for solutions for the problems she's becoming aware of. And that's the human spirit I want to tap into. And this rides right alongside of our desire. Mm. Okay, so in our bodies, dopamine is this molecule of more. It's of what is possible. It's what I want. And there is a whole track of dopamine that exists to imagine what ifs, what is possible, what doesn't exist yet. And that is a track of hope where we can find some energy. We have to envision a culture where this is not the baseline, like where the baseline is not crisis. We're not all under-resourced and overworked and underpaid and our basics cost too much. Like we all feel our country at a precipice here, no matter how well-resourced you are. And that's part of our positionality is like we have friends who are deeply under-resourced and we have friends in the top 1% of resourced people and they're all in crisis. They Mm -hmm. all feel this. We're all in this together. That's just the reality of what we feel. (sighs) So bring it home, Char, because I feel like, you know, there's so much energy here and what I feel and what I hear from so many people is that energy collapses into despair. Uh Uh-huh. And like, what can I do? And some of that is political. We invite you to come to the Woodhull Summit with us. The link is in the show notes page. Um, You can take political action. Um, But talk to us, Charlotte, about how this might like impact like our sex life right now. Right. All of this is a lot. There is a lot here. So what can we do? What kind of personal agency can you activate to support yourself? For some of us, that is asking for support, being heard, telling your stories. For others, that's reaching out and supporting your community. For others, that's being able to donate to abortion funds and take collective action in some way. And others, let's look at what you can do to decrease your fear or concern in your own bedroom. It makes sense to now recognize that this may, for some of us, be a factor that gets in the way of our turn on and arousal and interest in pursuing sex. Right. And that can be vague, right? Like I'm just angry at the system 
fuck this world. I have no interest in sex or men right now, right? Like some of us, it's really kind of just a rage cycle that turns us off. And for some of us, it's very deeply like this changes how I understand my risk factors and what sex is worth having. And that can be conscious or subconscious. And I actually think we need to kind of table this to next time and talk about inhibitors Mm -hmm. and how at both like a political level and just like a very moment to moment like I don't know if I can have this sex tonight because I might get pregnant and that is too risky for me and so that's going to throw a lot of pressure on the brakes of the moment like we need to understand how these function um, both individually and collectively and how to work with inhibitors Um, how shame of past medical stuff how shame of past pregnancy stuff Um, can become an inhibitor and one that we need to have visible and seen um, and held with some tenderness. And so I think that's what I just want to come back to here is like, no matter what part of this story you hold or are holding with friends um, or are trying to kind of get your grasp on politically, right? Um, How this impacts your job, uh, how this impacts where you live, You know, Charlotte and I are people who activated our family's privilege to move our family to New York State so we could have our gay family and have some legal protection that wasn't offered in North Carolina. And that was actually actively revoked after we had moved there and started building community. And we felt those rights being taken away from us. And we had the privilege to move. Some of our friends didn't and still live under the fear of their, you know, family not being recognized by the state so we all have different stakes in this and the people we love have different stakes in this and so we really need to start activating our networks of care looking around us at the people we love and extending some support and having active conversations about how we're going to move through this together and then yes envision that world where we all have access to comprehensive sex education healthcare, body autonomy, freedom from trauma and abuse, right? Mm. Like that's the world we all want to live in that are we want to give some at least hope for to our children. Right? But until then we have to survive and we also have to find pleasure and joy and connection, right? The themes of the show, how do we find pleasure and joy and connection when some of us are more afraid for our lives than ever? You know, an erotics under duress (laughs) This could be a a whole theme for a month of podcasts of there's some queer wisdom there, too. Right. Like our whole erotic massage lineage was born in the cauldron of the AIDS crisis as a direct response of times are scary. People are dying. The government isn't helping us. We need to come together and love one another. And touch one another. And care for one another. So let's do it with erotic massage without ejaculation because that will keep us safe and caring and connected at the same time. And from that place of safety in the community around the erotic massage community, again, that was a response to AIDS. Something was born that has given so many people access to tremendous states of pleasure, joy, connection, and ecstasy and bliss, right? Um, Without any fear of infection. 
And we can equally start mapping possibilities of erotic connection, like fearless erotic connection in these times. And what strategies do we need there? Um, so, you know, speaking of sex has become a bit of a survival manual, um, but it always has been because erotics have always been under duress. It's always been about, you know, working with the culture we have while knowing something else is possible. You all are only listening to the show because you know more is possible, more pleasure, more joy, more connection, more safety, more love for all of us, for all of us or for none of us. We're in this together. We love you. We will be back next week with another episode of Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. Thank you for being with us through this tender conversation. We couldn't figure out what other episode we could offer you right now, and we will tenderly step our way back into the erotic labyrinth that we are all in. We're here together. We're 12,000 strong around the world. We love you. Step in a little deeper at pleasuremechanics.com. And let us know what's on your mind at pleasuremechanics.com slash hello. We'd love to hear from you. We love you. We'll see you next week. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We're the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure and safety.